And I can see where that label would come from and that it's an invisible illness. But at the same time, you know, it's an invisible illness that contributes to 800,000 suicides globally per year. And that really is anything but invisible. I mean, that, you know, being the final symptom of depression, suicide is really, that's not invisible. That's not something to ignore. Yeah. And and it's getting people that are attempting is getting younger too. I mean, oh, absolutely. Especially yeah. with uh, young women, right? Uh, young girls are, <laughs> are attempting uh, suicides at, a, at a, an alarming rate. Yeah. Our suicide rates are absolutely going up and it's actually, especially in young women, it's kind of coinciding with our eating disorder rates going up at a younger and younger and younger age. So I think a lot of that is connected with self-esteem and self-worth issues that are in turn connected with the messages that we get from the media. Thanks for stopping by the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm the host of the show, Sean Dustin. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. It's good to have you with us today. There are a couple of ways that you can help support the show, one of which is if you know somebody out there who would benefit, family, friends, from listening to the show or an episode in this show, send them over. I'd be happy to have them as listeners. Also, you can subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if I'm currently not available on the platform you listen to, send me an email and I will try to get added to it. I have merchandise available now, hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, and other items. This is another way you can help support the show and the show will get a portion of the proceeds. You can find direct links to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, merchandise, and anywhere else we are online at the bottom of the show notes. Go to the Linktree link, and that will take you to all the ways to connect to the show. One last thing is if you want to be a guest on the show, think you have a story that other people would benefit from listening to, you hit a bottom in your life that you want to share, hoping that other people don't have to go through the same thing that you did, head on over to the Linktree, go to my scheduling page, choose a time, fill out the guest form, and we'll go from there. My guest today will be a guest speaker at the Life Mastery Foundation Mental Health Summit uh, on May 5th and 6th. So you can find all of that relevant information and the links in the show notes. So without further ado, let's get to the show. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Today, I am talking to Amanda Gist, and she is a motivational speaker, writer, and former actress. Amanda, how's it going? <laughs> I'm good. How's it going with you, Sean? I'm uh, doing all right. Doing all right. It's Friday. It is. We made it. Yeah. One more. What? What is this? Week five or is it week six? I, you know, <laughs> they all kind of run together, but I think we're on week six. Okay. Yeah. I'm whatever. <laughs> I'm yeah, just, I kind of my days here and there. Yeah, I, I've stopped watching the news. Um, totally, there, there's nothing new uh, uh, out there, and I'm sure I'll get a uh, emergency action message uh, as soon as we're off of this. Anyways, blasted on my cell phone. So exactly, that'll be all you need to know. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about your story. Uh, you contacted me from a Facebook. Oops from a Facebook post that I uh, uh, put out there uh, a little while ago and uh, probably either, yeah, it was the bottoms that I put out. I put one out for some uh, published authors too, but I think you responded to the uh, bottoms and life struggles. So let's talk about that. Yeah. I actually really connected with that post because I definitely have had a bottom and I've definitely reached an area, you know, and, spent several years in a space where I had, for lack of a better way to say it, nowhere to go but up. So I really connected with your post and I thought that you would be a really good fit to kind of have a conversation with and just share a little bit about my story. Um, 
I lived and worked in LA for about five years as an actress. And it was all kind of shiny and glamorous on the outside and like red carpets and celebrities and filming and parties and all this nonsense. And I really had a different life behind closed doors. Um, I was really struggling with depression. I was severely bulimic. I was kind of moving into the state of having suicidal thoughts. And it was actually when Robin Williams took his life that I had a little bit of a wake up call because I realized that he had, you know, this successful career and this beautiful family and he had everything that us actors in LA were working towards and it wasn't enough. And it was just really kind of a, a wake up moment for me to realize that, you know, I could be successful in acting and I could achieve all my dreams. And if I didn't deal with the demons that I was facing, um, I was never going to overcome those. And I was never going to get to a place where I was really mentally healthy. I remember that. I remember when that happened, it was really a shock. It was a shock to a lot of people because it really kind of put out there in the forefront that, Hey, look, you know, there's people that are struggling that are, that, that you would never even know. And mental health is really a difficult, uh, a difficult demon because you can't see it. And for people that don't experience it, can't understand it because they can't see it. You know, it's a lot like addiction. Right. 100%. And there's, I think a lot of similarities with addiction. Um, and it's, you know, it's funny because I, in the time that I have moved into the mental health space and advocacy and things like that, I've heard a lot of reference to mental health and to depression specifically as an invisible illness. And I can see where that label would come from and that it's an invisible illness. But at the same time, you know, it's an invisible illness that contributes to 800,000 suicides globally per year. And that really is anything but invisible. I mean, that, you know, being the final symptom of depression, suicide is really, that's not invisible. That's not something to ignore. Yeah. And and it's getting people that are attempting is getting younger too. I mean, oh, absolutely. Especially yeah. with uh, young women, right? Uh, young girls are, <laughs> are attempting uh, suicides at, a, at a, an alarming rate. Yeah. Our suicide rates are absolutely going up. And it's actually, especially in young women, it's kind of coinciding with our eating disorder rates going up at a younger and younger and younger age. So I think a lot of that is connected with self-esteem and self-worth issues that are in turn connected with the messages that we get from the media as far as what we're supposed to look like and what our lives are supposed to look like and what, you know, success means and all of this pressure that we get to be basically perfect, you know, Instagram shiny in this world. What What is that Instagram? You know, social media just, it, it has a, it, it has a great place, but it also has a bad side effects, you know? Yeah, so. Uh, if you don't know how to use it as a, you know, if you're using it as a, it's a tool, but it depends on what kind of tool you're using it as, right? So if you're using it as, uh, as a means to promote yourself and, and your business and, and all of that, that's a great way to use it. But if you're using it as a means of social interaction, it really can tend to uh, have an adverse effect because you're now finding your own self-worth within this app and the, right. and the likes and the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, whatever, whatever chemicals it releases, you know, the, oh the likes, let me go back and check and, and see how many likes I have. And, oh my God, they, they, they they're calling me ugly and fat and all of these other things, you know, when that's happening as a child, or a young or a young woman or young man or, or whatever it is, your brains aren't even fully developed until you're in your twenties, right? 27, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And you have, you have these, you know, you don't know what to do with all of this, you know, right? 100% right. It releases, you get these little dopamine hits every time you log on and you have likes, you know, and every time you log on and have a comment, it's really I believe it lights up the same centers as like addiction and, you know, eating foods you love and things like that. It lights up the same centers in the brain and they've 
I think that they were looking at adding to the DSM-5, which is the mental health like guidebook, really, of all the diagnosis, diagnoses, social media depression as an actual diagnosis, because it's becoming something that the comparison actually creates its own breed of depression in people. Yeah, for sure. I remember I, I was listening, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking to, and I can't remember which one it was, but I remember the content of it. And they were talking about young women or young girls and, and how the suicide rate for young girls started spiking around the time that the, the smartphone became available to everybody, to the average consumer, you know, when, when parents start, started introducing, you know, giving kids phones now instead of the flip phone, you know, to, I mean, I get it, you know, you want to be able to have contact with your, with your children or how an avenue for them to be able to, uh, get contact with somebody in case of an emergency. Right. But then they started phasing out a lot of these, uh, these flip phones and the ones that, that aren't like, you know, a little computer in your hand. Right. And once, once in, in, and it all correlated, right? To the time frames and, and, you know, when these things were, were going on. And so it's like, man, that's just another one of those things that I don't think society was quite ready to be advancing as fast as technology. Oh, totally. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think we didn't have, I think for one, the, the resources are not there. The resources for um, supporting mental health are not as widespread or as, to be honest, stigma-free as they need to be to support people in that space of using cell phones that young and having access to those apps and the social media and everything that young. And I also think there's not... I just think the messaging that comes through on apps and things like that is it just with the access to social media apps and Instagram and all of that, the messaging that comes through just completely blew up. Like we went from having to buy a magazine on, you know, the stand at the grocery store and look through it to look at ads where all these really thin women are telling you, this is what you're supposed to look like to you turn your phone on and it's right there in your hand. So you just have this opportunity all day long for all this comparison of all these different ways where you and your life, you don't add up, you know, you don't measure up. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even I, I go through that, you know, uh, one, one thing you had a dog, you got a dog there. I do. Is that, can you hear her? I can hear her panting. Do you want me to get her away? Well, if you, well, it depends. Do you want to, do you want the episode to have pan, panting in it? Cause I can't get rid of it. Okay. Do we need to start all over or something? Yeah. We can just, just go ahead. If you got, okay. you can get up and move her if you want. Sorry. I, okay. just, I just didn't want to ruin the, uh, you know what I mean? So that's, this is important stuff that we're talking about. And no, uh, it's okay. I didn't know that you could hear her. She likes to be like with me all the time. Yeah, well, that's the great thing about dogs, right? Yeah. They are your best friend. They don't judge you. And they're always happy to see you. 100%. She has gotten me out of some sticky spots. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like animals more than I like people. Just saying. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. But hopefully that'll change, you know, hopefully with this uh, situation that we're in right now and people are getting a chance to uh, reevaluate themselves, their situations and and life in general and how, you know, we're going to proceed forward. You know, maybe people are becoming a little bit more nicer and more empathetic and more just understanding of of, you know, hey, look, everybody's different, man. We all have we all have problems. We all have issues. We all are. Are, are striving to, to be better people. Most of us, I would hope. Yeah. I think it's definitely forcing a lot of people to slow down and kind of take a look inside and at how they're living their lives and, you know, what's important to them and what kind of person they are. And I think a lot of people are not, we're not ready for that. <laughs> I know a lot of people that are having a very hard time with that forced look inside and, you know, time spent alone and time spent with their thoughts and yeah. a lot of people aren't ready for it, but I don't think it's a bad thing at all. No, it's just a matter of how you want to, how you want to skin that cat, so to say, you know, 
but you know, a good thing that, that you are doing, you have a, uh, you have an Instagram page and you have some other social media that you, uh, that, that you do. I mean, you're out there promoting body positive imaging and, uh, self love and, you know, get away from the, the stigmas of what all that is. I mean, and, and I, I struggle with it too. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm no stranger to having placed value on looks and not being overweight and, you know, and all of that. And, right. and even though I, and, and I think a lot of what I would, a lot of how I, I did, I dealt with that is was my own projection. Okay. Of how I felt about my own struggle with weight and projecting it onto other people. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I mean? And then placing, you know, undue importance on, you know, oh, here's one thing I used to say, uh, you, and this is, and this is not how I think. Let's just disclaim, let's disclose that right now. I don't think this way anymore, but it, it, it was a part of my mentality and what I was thinking. I, I would say, uh, you can fix fat, but you can't fix ugly. That, sure. that, that's what I used to say. You know, and, and when I was choosing, choosing a partner and Mm -hmm. that's a fucked up thing to say, (laughs) you know what I mean? Especially when I'm somebody who struggles with weight, like who the fuck are you to judge anybody when you just downed a whole bag of fucking chips, dude? (laughs) Yeah. I think you are not the only person that struggles with that though. I think when it comes to weight, like so such a big percentage of society has that, like what you're talking about to me sounds so much like, um, now I'm struggling for words. Uh, when you say one thing, but you do another. Oh, it's hypocrisy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hypocrisy. Yeah. Hip- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're both having a day. Yeah. You know, that's what it really, that's the message that comes across to me. And I think a huge percentage of society is like that. Like, it's okay for me, but it's not okay for other people. Or, and I think a lot of that comes from, again, the, the space where you can't look at yourself. Honestly, you can't look at yourself truthfully. Um, and you can't make a, a true assessment of yourself, but it's so easy to look at other people and judge them. Yeah. And, and like you project onto somebody else, the, the, the inability to be able to, turn that that camera around and look at yourself it's easier just to say oh well you you know you're you eat too much and you do this and you do that and Mm -hmm. and and instead of you know dealing with your own struggles and your own your own issues i mean i don't really consider my i mean i don't know i don't i don't keep a scale around uh i don't i don't judge my my appearance uh, through a scale it's usually Mm -hmm. through clothes you know when something starts to feel a little tight like like my shirt is now yeah. And I, and, and I, and I didn't throw away all of my three and four X's. They're sitting in storage. And like some people, some people did tell me, they're like, dude, that's the stupidest thing you can do. Cause now you know you, you have that. You, you know, you, you have those clothes. It's not going to cost you a bunch of money to have to go and buy, you know, three and four X new stuff to wear if you just happen to uh, gain, gain that weight back. Right. Um, but I mean, it's a struggle. I mean, everything's a struggle. Uh, that's, that's what life is. Life is struggle. And, and there's a lot of magic and a lot of good stuff that's, that, that's in that struggle. You know, that's where all the magic is. Yeah. That's why I always say, I mean, I think all humans have something special about them, but recovery people, I mean, they're just the shit, you know, they're just my people because, they have been to hell and they have chosen to come back. And that, like you said, that struggle is where the magic is. That struggle is what builds just incredible, incredible people. And I love the recovery space and people that have gone through that and addiction and eating disorders and depression and mental health issues. It's just people that have walked through struggle are just some of the most incredible people I have ever met and spoken to and, you know, been lucky enough to come into contact with through the work I do. Yeah. So, so what are you, what are you doing now? I mean, I know you have all these, uh, you're not, you're not acting anymore at all or do you do? I'm not acting anymore. No, I actually, when I left LA to 
I moved home to my family and I was kind of like, well, you know, I'll give it like a year to get my depression under control and deal with my eating disorder and everything will be fine. And I'll move back to LA and get back into this career that I loved. And it's now five years later, (laughs) Uh, you know, life doesn't necessarily go as planned. And not only did it take that long to deal with the issues I was facing, but I have also realized that I, I don't know that I would ever mentally be in a space to go back to acting because it just destroyed me. It just, it compounded the eating issues and the depression and the self-worth and all of that. The entertainment industry as a whole is just really a beast and you have to be a certain kind of person to be able to not fall to that pressure. And I don't know that I want to spend my life fighting that. You know, I, I, I've done a lot of work to learn who I am and what I value and accept myself on the outside and on the inside. And um, I think that that would be put at risk if I tried to go back to LA. Yeah, I I can see that. Like for me, when I, if I, if I, you know, when I think of my own situation and addiction, it took a lot of time and distance uh, from the substance for me to be able to get into a space where I'm not really worried about it but it's always in the back of my head, you know, whatever situation that I'm in. Okay. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I'm at, at a bar at closing time because I'm not your normal, your normal uh, recovery person. I I can still have a drink or two. I can still, you know, smoke marijuana or I don't smoke marijuana, but I take edibles. Uh, Okay. And so for pain, instead of, uh, you know, opiates, because I had, you know, went from a, a, 15 year meth addiction and then stopped all that and then ended up with a seven year opiate addiction. Uh, oh God. yeah. And so, but I, I was functioning on opiates, you know, I couldn't function on meth. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, it took me some time and, and distance away from that. Uh, and so I'm not going to, I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm at a bar at closing time. Cause you know, what happens when at 2am when the bars close, Oh, let's keep the party rolling. And, you know, you end up at somebody's house and then what, what ends up getting passed around at people's houses after hours? You want to keep the party going. So it's really about prevention for me. And, you know, and not, and and knowing what my triggers are, knowing what the places and people that I can't be around. It's not that I can't. I just don't, it's just not healthy for me to be around. And I I, I choose not to. I mean, why do I need to be around that? I'm, that's not where, where my life is at and where I'm heading. So, yeah. I recently read Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker, and she has a chapter in there where she talks about knowing the things that you can't fuck with. And I loved that section because it's just so true. There's certain things for every person that you just can't fuck with. They just bring you down. Yeah. And it's just not worth it. And I think a lot of people in it's not even just things like substances. Um, You know, it's a lot of people can't fuck with coffee afternoon because then they can't sleep at night. Things like that. Just knowing the little things in your life that take your quality of life and lessen it. And it's staying away from those, you know, and it's staying away from, like you're saying, situations that are going to decrease your quality of life and situations that are going to put you in a position where you have to make hard choices and where you might be triggered and all those things. And I just loved the way she put that. Know, know the things that you can't fuck with, you know, and respect and honor yourself enough to stay away from them. Yeah. And that, I mean, that you said it perfectly. It does. It's not just uh, substances and, and, and places and it, it's definitely people. Uh, oh, that's a huge God. one. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that's a huge one because if, if, you know, the, the people that you're around, if they're not, if they're not good for you and that, that there's a whole, there's a huge spectrum of not good for you, you know, of, of what that looks like. All right. right. And, and people fall into all sorts of different categories within that spectrum. Right. So mm-hmm. you've, you've got the people that are, you know, maybe jealous of your situation and they're not going to be supportive, you know, or family sometimes when you make changes, huge changes, they're not supportive because they don't understand. And so it's really about, it's really about finding connection to people that are in your space, your tribe, 
so to say, yeah. right? And that, and, and that, you know, that in itself is dangerous too, because then that's confirmation bias. You're only, you're only surrounding yourself with people that, that agree with you, you know? So sure. I, I think it's, I think it's really important to find supportive people that are not only in your tribe, but also, uh, that will challenge you too, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes we get stuck in our own, in our own confirmation bias that, we don't get challenged at all. And so we go on with this thinking and it never, and, and it just stays in, in that it, there's no, uh, there's no depth to that thought, you know, cause I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying. I know what I'm trying to say, but I can't just, I can't get it out. No, I, I think I understand what you're trying to say. It's kind of like they say, if you, what is that saying? If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love that. I think there's a huge advantage to making sure that you are surrounded by people that continue to challenge you, even if they are your tribe. You know, even if you do think on the same levels and you're on the same wavelength and you have the same priorities and you support each other and encourage each other and you have the same values, having people that challenge you is just going to continue your growth and recovery really is a growth process. It is. <laughs> it doesn't stop. It's forever. I'm like, a. I, I, oh my God, isn't it bullshit? It never stops. <laughs> uh-oh. It doesn't. I tell, I, sometimes I tell people, I said, yeah, I'm like a, I'm like a mogwai, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I come with instructions, you know, don't, don't feed me after midnight. <laughs> don't get me wet. Uh, or else, or else all kinds of hell's going to break loose. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. I love Got an instruction. I got an instruction manual. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so yeah, well, one thing that I I have noticed in uh, Hollywood or not Hollywood, but just in uh, advertising in general, is that there is starting to become a swing away from that body type that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The small size two. And what a lot of people don't understand why, why the size two, you know, when you got the runway models and everything else, why they're, why they're all size two, it has to do with, with, so they only have to make one size of outfit. They don't have to make a whole bunch of them. So, right. you know, they make this one size and it fits all of these different women within, within this, you know, this industry or, or fashion show itself. And right. so, you know, that's not really, that's not really uh, realistic how people look. And so there's starting to be a swing, you know, I think it really began, uh, Lane Bryant. Remember that? Remember Lane Bryant? Yeah. And, you know, people, you know, the, the plus size woman and, and, you know, big and tall men and stuff like that. And then we didn't hear nothing about that for a while. Right. It came out, right. it was a thing. Uh, and then it just sort of dropped off. And then now it's making a return where you're starting to actually see the models themselves are plus size in a lot right. of, in a lot of different things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's something that has been a long time coming. And in, especially in the space on Instagram that I tend to spend a lot of time in, in the body positive space and um, eating disorder recovery space, you see a lot of that promoted women in Hollywood and women in the media who are in larger bodies and the responses and the comments that you see on posts like that are people who have been waiting for years and years to see themselves represented in the media. And you have so many stores. I mean, even down to forever 21 who have been known for their teeny tiny clothes forever have plus size lines now, you know, and really one of the only brands that has not hopped on board is Victoria's Secret. And they, I don't know that they ever will. And they're, I think it was their CEO. I'm not positive if it was their CEO, but has made some ridiculous comments about plus size women and about plus size women shopping in their stores and wearing their clothing. And just really that bias shows with their brand. So I don't ever see them hopping on board. And I think as that space grows and as the world becomes more plus size positive, I would like to think we're going to see them kind of their popularity decrease a little bit. Yeah. Angels are overrated anyways, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I don't, I don't, I never really got into the whole Victoria's secret thing. 
I just, it's not, it, you know, as a guy, it's not, uh, and, and as you get older, you're, you're, you really start to, to take a, or I, I do this all the time. I started taking, <laughs> um, <laughs> notice and account of, you know, what's actually important, mm-hmm. you know, and we all have a shelf life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even, even, even the nines and the tens got a shelf life, you know? Right. And I, I made it, I, I commented on somebody's, uh, uh, Twitter the other day and, uh, she'd said something and it, it was a hot chick. All right. She was young. Uh, you know, her, her metabolism obviously hadn't caught up with her yet and will at some <laughs> point. But, you know, she was talking about, oh, you know, hot this and hot that. And, and I was like, and I, and I said that exact same thing. I said, you know, even nines and tens have a shelf life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she goes, that sounds like something an ugly person would say. Oh, my God. And I'm like, all right, well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been called ugly before, but usually not for my looks. It's for my attitude. <laughs> Because yeah. that's, that's, that's the most important thing. It's like, dude, you can be, you could be a fucking 10 and your attitude can turn you into a two. Exactly. You know, it's yeah. not about what's on the outside because that shit ain't going to last. I mean, it mm-hmm. might, you know, and you see some people in Hollywood that do, and it's usually their faces are, you know, all yeah, stretched. It takes and, a lot of money to look that way at yeah, that age. Stretched out with the duck lips and the, you know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> You, I, I remember seeing some of these actresses, you know, when they first came out, uh, who Jessica Beals, when yeah. she first came on the scene, man, she was gorgeous, natural, yeah. you know what I mean? It was like, man. And then like within 10, I think five to 10 years of her getting popular, you started to, it's like she like morphed into something else. Her, her head got really big. Her face got sucked in. It was mm-hmm. like, man, that you know, you looked a lot better when you were natural. Like you had that natural, like, like weight. Yeah, it's amazing. And I mean, it's it's not even again going back to the message that's sent to girls and that's sent to women these days. It's not even all about weight. It's about exactly what you're talking about having, you know, no wrinkles at 50 years old. Well, women have wrinkles at 50 years old you know, unless you are in Hollywood and you have the money to have that taken care of and, and the lip fillers and the light both section. And the, one of, one of the things that I always go back to because it just drives me crazy is these like fitness models on Instagram who will, (laughs) will post like squat challenges where you do like a hundred squats a day for a month and you're going to have an ass like mine. But they don't tell you that they had their ass like sculpted by plastic surgery. So you do your squats and you don't look like them. And then you feel, you know, inadequate. Yeah. And it like perpetuates this idea of I'm not good enough. And it just, it drives me crazy. And it doesn't all have to do with weight. It has to do with exactly the things you're talking about. The things that everyday women don't have access to financially that Hollywood does. And those are the messages that are being, you know, shoved in our face day by day. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm starting to see like myself, and this is where I was going with, uh, as the older you get, you realize that there's more to it than, than just looks. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it's, uh, especially, I mean, if, if you want, I mean, I guess if I want to stay single forever, uh, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a possibility too. I mean, that's, uh, it's definitely fun, but it's empty. You know, Same. uh, but it, it, at some point, if I'm not gonna, if, if that's not what I want, then I'm going to have to look at things a little bit differently. Like, okay, well, what's, you know, and, and I, and I don't like, this is just how I, this is in my own mind, how I do it. You know, I use a numbering system. Okay. And it's, I don't know. Some people say that's, that's messed up, but I mean, I think you realistically need to know what your number is. You know what I mean? Because there are people out there that think they're an eight or a nine, but they're really a a five or a six, which is not bad. That's not bad. You know, I'm not, I'm I'm probably like a five or a six myself. Uh, my personality and my, and my, my, uh, my outlook on things probably bumped me up into like an eight or a nine. I'll never be a 10. I don't want to be a 10, you know, Then, then what would I have to strive for? And sorry if this offends anybody that I'm talking in numbers. It just, it makes it easier to understand, I think, what I'm talking about. And so 
the most important thing is, is if you're trying to find somebody that you're going to spend, and if you're older, you're looking for somebody who you're going to be able to spend the rest of your days with, right? Because right. they're we're running out of them. You know, I've, I got 40 years left, maybe if I'm lucky. All right. Yeah. So what is it that, that, you know, if you're, if you're looking for somebody, what, what, is, what are the important things, how you connect, you know, is this person good inside, you know, right. are they, are they a good person? Do they support you in, in your goals and the things that you're trying to do? Really? Does that matter? That's the most important thing, right? right. I mean, that's going to make you a more productive, healthier person. I would imagine. And it has nothing to do with looks. Right. Yeah. That's been, dating has been a huge shift for me from when I, you know, weighed a hundred pounds and was tan with hair, hair extensions and eyelash extensions and all this shit to the way I look now. There's just been a huge, huge shift in the dating world. And it took so long to get used to. And for years in between, I just completely shut down because I was like, I don't know how to, I don't even know how to deal with this. Like it was so, there was such a difference between dating people for their looks and dating people for who they are inside that I didn't know how to even approach it. And I've had to really shift myself into exactly what you're talking about, where you, you learn what's important and what is going to bring you longevity in a relationship and how you connect and, you know, what's going to be lasting for, for the long term And as you get older, like you said, that's what you're looking for. And it's been a really interesting journey to start dating and attracting people who are not attracted to me because of my looks, because I don't look the way I used to, you know? So it's been a really interesting transition for me. Yeah. Well, dating apps don't help either. Um, oh my God. Don't even get me started on dating apps. Yeah. I had a, I have an episode. It was the third episode that I did and it was over a year ago and I made the mistake of doing it after I, after I had a disappointing experience on a dating app. And so mm -hmm. I, I used that episode almost to like, like vent, um, <laughs> you know, just, it was, it was really annoying. The thing that I don't like about dating apps is, is when, when you're, you misrepresent yourself, right? And it's like, okay, well, I mean, if that's, if you're really, if you're really, confident in who you are why the filters why the why the angles what you know what i mean do you not want me to see that you have a double chin i mean not to be a dick but i mean shouldn't you present the truth to the people that you're trying to attract right because at right. some point if i you know i'm going to meet you and and see anyways you know you would like to oh yeah you know so give me the opportunity to say yes or no you know right. and and like i said i mean it's Look, if I know that we're all uh, attraction is the 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 number one thing that that gets you to somebody, right? Oh, right. you know, and so I mean, if I was if I was attracted enough to stop because your face, all right, then don't. Why would you want to hide the rest? You know, right? And if and if and if that's the kind of and if and if that's really who I am, then you don't want me anyways. Right? Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah, so, I've so, had that conversation with my therapist, that exact conversation. Yeah. You know, so so don't so don't so don't play tricks. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I I I'm not a I'm not a small guy. You know, I'm 250 pounds. I'm well, I bounce in between 2 260 and 235. You know, I'm lucky enough I I carry it well and it's 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 displaced well. But I'm still, I mean, I'm not a small guy. You know, so yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Wherever I was going with that. It's a, it's a tough world, man. It's a tough world out there. Especially, it is a tough world. And then you add the dating apps and it becomes even tougher. Yeah. I, I've kind of, I'm on, I'm on a couple of them still, but I just, I don't really pay a whole lot of attention to them, especially now. It's like, you can't do anything anyways. You want to go, you want to go on a Zoom yeah. date? Okay. Let's go on a Zoom date. <laughs> I actually just got off of them kind of because I, it became like it started out as genu genuinely looking for someone and it sort of became this method of I'm sad. I think I'll get on the dating apps because every time I match with someone, I get that little hit of dopamine and I'm upset. I think I'll get on the dating apps. And so, you know, it became this band aid for me. Yeah. And I realized that I was kind of numbing 
my emotions with it. It was something to do that I didn't have to deal with my feelings. So I actually just deleted all mine because I was like, well, this isn't very productive the way I'm using it. <laughs> yeah. But then, that then you go like, I, I've thought about this as well. It's like, okay, well then what is the, uh, what is the alternative? You know, I remember back in our parents' days, it used to be people would, uh, a friend, you know, my husband's friend. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. We, this would be the perfect person for you. We should hook you guys up. And, and that's how you, that's how you met people, you know, a, a little bit, or you, you go to the grocery store or, or met them somewhere else. But it was usually a friend or family member would introduce you to a, a, a single person that they knew that thought that, that you'd be a good fit or good, you know, and, yeah. Other than that, it would be you would meet somebody at a store or, you know, through something else. But now it's not like that anymore. You can't like I, I thought I, I saw somebody at the store the other day and I'm like, what if I should go up and introduce myself? And she looks like she's single. She's cute. This and that. You know what I mean? And then it's like eh, but people aren't approachable. No. Everybody's they're busy. Absolutely. Yeah. No, they're not. It's the whole dating scene has completely changed. Like I. My dad doesn't get it at all. And he 100% is against online dating, the dating apps, you know, and he's like, that's just no way to meet someone and you need to meet face to face and you have to have that initial spark and all. And I'm like, dad, I've been going to the grocery store for a lot of years and I haven't met someone yet. Yeah. yeah. So this is the alternative. You know, I mean, it just doesn't work that way anymore for whatever reason. Things just aren't that way anymore with dating. Yeah. I really think that, honestly, uh, the best way that you're going to do that is, and and, and it's going to play right into the Zoom thing, is it, it, you know, it a Zoom date, 15 minutes, yeah. 15 minutes, give me 15 minutes and let me decide if, if, you know, we actually, A, have chemistry. Can we keep a conversation going? I see yeah. what you look like. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no surprises. And mm-hmm. so 15 minutes could save you literally $25, $30 that you're not having to pay for, you know, a, a Dutch date, right? Yeah. Or, or 60 if you're going to pay or a hundred, if you're going to, you know, be a, a gentleman and pay for the whole thing. Right. And also it saves you time. How much time would you put into having to go on that date? Got to get ready. Got to, you know, schedule this, schedule that. So, I mean, you're possibly saving yourself about three or four hours. 15 minutes will save you money and time. Plus it saves you the time that you spend talking to that person, whether that's like a a couple of weeks or I recently spent two months talking to one person who refused to meet me. And three months talking to another person who refused to meet me. That is so much time wasted. That is so a lot much of time. time wasted. Yeah, that is and a lot of time. And I learned my lesson. And, you know, now I'm like, if you don't want to meet me after a week or two, then enjoy your life. But it saves you so much time in that sense, too. Like, you're not having these endless text conversations with someone that you don't even know if you like. Yeah. And, and two, you don't even know. I mean, if somebody does, if somebody's constantly like to just want to be pen pals with you, there's a reason why. Oh my God. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a reason why they want to, they don't want to meet, right? Is it because you got a a wife? Is it because you got a girlfriend? Is it, I mean, what is it? Yeah. And and so it's really the, the put up or shut up thing. You know what I mean? So on, on a zoom, it's like, okay, let's. Let's schedule this for a time when, if you do have uh, a, a significant other or a wife uh, that you live with and you're trying to be shady, uh, let's schedule this at a time when, uh, like five, six, seven o'clock, when you should be home. Right. And when the whole family's home. And yeah. yeah. And so it's like, okay, you don't want to do that. All right. So there's little things that you can do, little tricks that you can do to try to catch people in those situations. Uh, cool. And, and and a lot of times it's, it's the women that are, are the ones that are, are getting hit with this because guys are shady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they are. Uh, I, I, I've been guilty of that myself on, on dating apps. Uh, when I, you know, would run to those to get, uh, uh, validation, uh, because yeah. I'm not getting something in my own relationship. I would never right. meet, I would never meet up with them, but it would, 
I, I would be the guy that you would talk to, uh, stroke my ego, and then I'll ghost you because that's really all I wanted anyways. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's all I was looking for. Uh, yep. When it came time to meet, I would just, I would bounce and, eh, and stop talking to you. Yeah. And not that that's right. That, that, that. That's, that's fucked up too. But I mean, there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that, that, that the dating apps, they, they create a lot of shit. They do. They are their own little world. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, yeah, that's, I, that's, that's my, that's what my, my, uh, my take on it is I think we all just need to move into doing 15 minute, uh, uh, zoom at, uh, zoom dates and, uh, or, or, well, no, the zoom one's better because you don't have to give your phone number as I say FaceTime, but FaceTime, you got to give your number. That's true. That's a good point. I think that zoom would be fantastic. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So everybody out there that's listening, if you're single, uh, and you want to go on a zoom date and, uh, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> uh, follow my link tree. <laughs> Hit me up on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, hit me up on Instagram or send me an email and uh, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> Please oh, don't funny. be crazy. I, right. The crazy ones need not apply. Yeah, right. Well, cool. We're at uh, 47 minutes right now. So, I mean, that's a we had a pretty good conversation. Yeah, I would, I would go longer. Oh. I would go longer, but. I have to, uh, my, I've only got 14 minutes left on my SD card and I'm like, shit, I forgot to, I forgot to, to take them all off last night. Um, that's okay. My dog just came back in the room. So what, what's your dog's name? Haley. Haley. Hi Haley. Yeah. You see, <laughs> you see my dog back there on the wall. That, that's, that's. Oh my, yeah. 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 My, my dog's name is Riley. He's a, uh, uh, well, you've seen it. You've probably seen him on my Instagram. Yeah. My uh, beautiful little charcoal Labrador retriever, who's such a little baby, <laughs> <laughs> is he ninety, an almost a hundred pound little baby. Oh my god, that's cute! <laughs> yeah. All right, well, why don't you go ahead and uh, plug all your social media places and uh, where people can find you? It'll also be available in the show notes as well. Oh. Um, but you know, never, never hurts to voice it. Sure. You can find me. Um, I mainly use Instagram. I won't lie. That's kind of my favorite. And you can find me at Amanda Gist. The last name is just G-I-S-T. I am on Facebook. It's not my favorite, so I don't use it often. I'm also on Twitter at Amanda Gist. There's a couple free resources on my website, amandagist.com. So if you are in recovery and you're kind of looking for some support, there's some stuff on there. And actually right now I'm also doing... During social distancing, I'm doing um, free online support meetings every Sunday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. And those are really for mental health, eating disorder, support, addiction, just a general support meeting. So those are open too. There's a sign up on my Instagram link tree. That's awesome. And yeah, uh, yeah that's, uh, that's great that you're doing that. I was, I was thinking about doing some stuff like that too. I just had been way swamped with, uh, with uh, interviews lately. Yeah, I'm sure you have, and it sounded like it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Amanda. I appreciate uh, you coming on the show and, you know, telling your story and your truth and being an inspiration out there for body positive imaging and, uh, you know, breaking the stereotype of of what of what all that is, you know. <laughs> yeah, the whole conglomerate. Yeah, it's definitely uh, something cool. that thank we need to change. Yeah, it is. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you. It was fun. Yeah, and hold on for a second. As soon as I uh, I sign off, I'm gonna uh, talk to you real quick. Okay, cool. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you, Amanda. I really enjoyed that conversation. And don't forget, Amanda's going to be speaking at the Life Mastery Foundation Mental Health Summit on May 5th and 6th. Links will be in the show notes uh, for you to sign up to listen to her uh, speaking. As always, all of our stuff will be in the show notes as well as my own. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Tell a friend. Spread the message. If you're enjoying what you're picking up here uh, on the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, do me a favor. Spread the word. And until next time, keep it 100, stay true to yourself, 
everything else is just noise. (laughs) 